Hello, this is Nick Kennedy, your gray man, on a very chilly uh, Thursday evening. Um, this week's been pretty weird. It, it was actually uh, the other night I, I, I was kind of chilly and I, I asked my Google assistant, uh, you know, what's the temperature outside? And it said uh, with wind chill. Um, wind chills, it really matters because there's always wind, right? So it said three, like three. Three what? Uh, but no, it was only uh, three degrees. Um, you know, for a, for a minute there, I thought maybe I was back in in Boston. I had to check around, and uh, no, I was still in Georgia. Um, but yeah, no, we've had a cold spell here. Um, but I think in a few days it's going to be back in the sixties, which will be nice. I think um, it's always good to actually get the benefit uh, of coming to Georgia. Anyway, um, today's an interesting review. I admittedly um, was a little late on this one. Um, I heard of all these great things about a show called uh, The Bear on Hulu. And um, there was a time a few months ago I actually thought I'd give it a shot. And I, and I put it on and um, it lasted maybe, I don't know, five minutes. Um, sometimes you just got to be in the right state of mind to give things a shot. And I saw it was a cooking show. And the thing about cooking is uh, I love to eat good food, but I, I don't really belong in the kitchen. Um, one of my ex-wives banned me from the kitchen, actually. So I thought it was just going to be like maybe, uh, you know, uh, a, a Julia Childs-like, uh, you know, series. So I kind of turned it off and went to something else. But um, but after all the rewards it got the other night um, and more buzz, I figured, okay, you know, it's time to bite the bullet and and sit through one of these, uh, maybe more if I can stand it and see what happens. And I got to tell you, um, this is a really great show. Uh, I, I'm so glad that I was proven wrong. Um, this show hits in a lot of different areas. And I think to um, look at this as a show about uh, you know, cooking is to not do it justice. I, I think we're going to get into that, but, uh, but I just want you to know that, yeah, at this one, I was late to the dinner table. Um, but the show, if, for those of you, you who don't know, um, stars uh, Jeremy Allen White, uh, who I really didn't know, but I guess he was uh, pretty popular from a, a show called Shameless that was out. He plays Carmi, uh, a very interesting character um, because I guess uh, I, I'm not going to give away too much. I'm just going to stick with the, uh, you know, the general premise. And that was uh, that he came home. There was a tragedy in the family and he came home. He was actually a, a chef uh, in New York and he was uh, very successful there, very high, highfalutin, uh, a restaurant, the best of the best. And he was like, I, I, I gathered that he was like number two chef there. And through a family emergency, he had to come home and his brother owned a, um, a little restaurant. It looks like it's probably in the poor part of Chicago. Um, and he's trying to hold everything together. Uh, so he's got, you know, maybe a, a million dollar taste and a 10 cent pocketbook for keeping this place going. And of course, it's chaotic. He's he's dealt with, you know, dealing with uh, really highfalutin, classy chefs. And he's got to deal with, you know, dealing with uh, 
you know, a crew that has been doing this this at the restaurant for many years. They're used to doing a thing a certain way, and they're not the most professional. Um, but it, I guess they, they, he's coming to a system that he's going to make work. And the interesting thing is that I, I, I gather, and I've only watched now five episodes. It's been out for two seasons. So those of you who probably have watched all the two seasons, I'm probably going to say a lot, or some here anyway, that... that um, correctly or, or incorrectly foreshadowing. I don't know if I, I, I tend to think I know where some of this is gonna go, but essentially it seems to me that he's trying to get this place running better. He knows he can get it running better. He's frustrated, he's got bills. He's trying to get this place uh, running. He's got uh, people that, that don't understand what he's trying to do. He's got health inspectors that wanna condemn the place. Um, it's just a really, really chaotic situation. And surrounding him are also uh, workers that um, that are struggling. You know, it's hard for a new boss to come in and, and start uh, changing everything. And uh, they don't know what it's like to serve, you know, the, the uh, you know, a highfalutin uh, clients where he's been serving in New York. They just know how to make a cheesesteak. Um, actually, it's Chicago, not Philadelphia, though. Uh, but I did see cheesesteak, cheese so I know they make them. Um, Anyway, the supporting cast is is pretty interesting too. Um, what I like about this is you get to know the characters and then you get to know kind of the layers of the characters. Um, they don't reveal it right away. The first episode, you kind of get a feeling of maybe who uh, a Camry, Camry is, I guess, a Carmi, Carmi. I guess his name's Carmen, they call him Carmi. Um, and then there's, a, he calls him cousin, uh, Guy Ritchie. I don't think they're actually related. Although they do call each other cousin for one reason or another, I don't really know why. Um, and it starts with a um, a new person on the job. I think I'm not completely clear on on why she's there. I began to think at the beginning of the episode she was maybe bringing in for some um, experience at a class, but she stays on the show, so maybe I I'm wrong there. But she's a very, very big part of, of a very big part, actually. I find her character very enjoyable. And her, she's Sydney. Um, this is uh, uh, played by um, a woman, young woman. I mean, she's probably Gen Z. Um, she actually grew up in uh, in Boston, my old stomping grounds. Um, and I guess her, her uh, father was Nigerian. Um, now, my wife uh, will probably kill me for mispronouncing uh, her name, but she did tell me that her name meant joy in Nigerian. My wife's Nigerian. Um, um, but it's, uh, I'm trying to think what, it's um, Ayo Edebery. And that's, I'm sure, butchered, and I apologize. But that's her name, A Ayo Edebery. Anyway, um, and she hasn't really done much. She's done some voice work. Uh, before her work here, I looked up and I, I didn't really see a ton, but she's she's young. I mean, my daughter's her age. Um, and it's a very curious character, too, because I think that she shares the dream with Carmi that this place can actually be more than what it is. She actually was one of the few people who recognized his greatness. And she's like, why are you, why are you working here? Um, what are you doing here? She said in his response with making sandwiches. Um, and uh, and there's many layers to her too. Um, first of all, she, she's she's uh, um, 
very smart in the in the show now. She's very smart. She adds a, a, a breath of fresh air. She's kind of a cutie. She comes in and she knows what she's doing. She knows what um wh- what Carmi, what direction he wants to go in, and she's trying to assist him. She's probably more clerical than he is. He can make a great dish, and she sees how money is like walking out the door or how they can uh, get things better organized um, and make more money. You know, she's 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 the books, really. Um, only she should be. Uh, at this point in time, I think he's working the books and she's taken over the, uh, the head chef duties, um, which is kind of an interesting. I thought it should be the other way around. Anyway, maybe it'll happen that way. Those of you who watch the show all the way through, maybe. Uh, Richie, now that's an interesting guy too, because a lot of times, you know, you see these characters and you just kind of assume what they are. And, and Richie ends up, uh, quite frankly, um, being a real pain in the ass. He's one of those guys that when you see, you just want to punch him. Um, and you dismiss him as just being this kind of a jerk. Uh, the interesting thing about it, the character is that I found the more you learn about him, the more you realize that there's layers to this guy. He's not just this big jerk that you can't get rid of. Um, and I don't really know everything about him. I'm at the point right where I'm beginning to see parts of his personality um, that they were revealing now that they didn't prior. Uh, so I don't know. I know he's probably got some some issues with his daughter. Um, I think he's married. I'm not really sure. He might be divorced. Uh, I'll probably find that out in the next few episodes. Again, I'm, I'm only at episode five. Uh, and there's other people I, I, in the show. Um, I don't really know their names. I think that they're probably going to play bigger parts as the show goes on. In the first few episodes, it does seem like every episode they try to reveal more of a character. And I, I would imagine it might go somewhat in that direction continuing continuously anyway. Um, it, it, there's also an Uncle Jimmy, uh, who I was very surprised. You know, I hadn't seen him in a long time and I knew I knew him, but geez, you know, he looks so old. I guess we're all getting old, but it was uh, Oliver Platt. Um, now, if you don't know who Oliver Platt is, you need to see more movies. Um, he is a very, uh, very good uh, B actor who's been in a ton of things uh, going way back in the 80s and 90s. I mean, you know, The Three Musketeers. I had that in one of my theaters at the Cape. I think that came out probably around, um, I would say, 93. Um, also, The Temp. I think that was somewhere in the 80s, maybe 87 or 88. Lara Flynn Boyle was in that. Um, he was in a ton of things. I mean, too too numerous to name. To name. Um, I hadn't seen him in a while, although I looked. He has, he has been busy, but um, but yeah, no. And 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 he plays uh, Uncle Jimmy again. Um, you know, they they call each other family here. Um, uncle Jimmy. I'm not sure if he's really an uncle. And it's curious to me um, because there are other cultures. For for example. Um, Nigerian culture, uh, it's um, a sign of respect. If you're in a, in a, a restaurant and there's a, a Nigerian um, waitress or what have, have you or uh, whoever's serving you and you call her auntie, even though you just met her, it's a sign of respect. Um, that much I know, I'm Irish, but uh, my wife taught me that much. Um, and I don't see that in American culture that much. Um, this show, though, it does seem to have it. They call each other cousin and uncle, and I, I get the feeling that they're not really related. Um, 
which is interesting. There's also um, an overtone of, of Italian, um, which I wouldn't stand with my with my uh, you know second wife with Italian. I know all about the food in Italians. Believe me, my goodness, you go over to the, those house the, the in laws at uh, the holiday season, and all the daughters were trying to outdo themselves with uh, cooking. Unbelievable um, layout. But so yes, but. Um, so that would kind of explain the family things. Italians were big on family too, but I'm getting the impression that uh, they're not really Italians. I think Uncle Jimmy, uh, we've mentioned as being Greek. And uh, as far as Richie, I'm not really sure what he is, but someone said to him, you're not even Italian. So I don't know where they're going with that, but it is an interesting thing that there's this family feeling there. And like I said, you know, in some cultures that brings people together closer, even though you're not technically um, relatives, uh, which I found kind of an interesting part of this. Um, there's, there's, like I said, there's other people. I don't really know much about them. Um, I'm sure they'll come in, in, into play. Um, there's a woman who is Spanish, but tends not to speak English when she hears something she doesn't like, which I've done that actually. So, you know, guilty. I don't do it often though, but I, I have done that. Um, but uh, yeah, no. And then there's a couple of other guys that, uh, that I don't really know much about. I'm hoping to find out more about them as, as the show goes on. Um, what's interesting about this, though, is it's not really a show about cooking. I look at it as more of, of life. I mean, they all get there, and they all um, smiling and making jokes and, you know, complaining, going out smoking cigarettes and having a laugh and, you know, calling each other names and laughing. And a couple of times it's even been kind of a playful fight, one not very playful. Um, but what struck me is these people have real issues. They don't bring them to work. And it just kind of reminded me, I mean, you know, I think, I think all of us, we have, um, with times in our lives where things just, you know, don't seem to be going our way, and we just so much want to um, to punt, you know, and you're like, how can I even get through this day? And then you're thinking to yourself, how can I not get through this day? Um, anyway, you, what you do is, you, you know, you just have to put on a smile and go out there and pretend that uh, this is the greatest day of your life and laugh and joke. And inside, you know, you might feel like crying or dying. Um, and I think that's what this show does. And that's why I find so interesting is show by show, they're showing us each and every one of these people on their own problems. Um, I think I mentioned already that Carmi's uh, had a family tragedy that he's trying to deal with this. He's also got a sister um, uh, who, who uh, I get the impression that her and Carmi are the only ones in the family that are really left, and I could be wrong, but from the episodes I've seen. And if I had to guess, I've not seen a ton of her, but I would tend to think that she's reaching out for him because he's the only family she feels she has left. And he's not there and he's trying to get the restaurant going and she's trying to deal with loneliness. She's got a husband who the family hates. Um, I wanna say family, I mean family as in the restaurant family as well as, as her real family. I guess he's not really a well-liked guy. Don't know how that's gonna play out, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, the, the sisters probably suffer, suffering with loneliness and and and, and obviously mourning of the death of her brother. Um, you get Carmi, uh, who's trying to deal with the death of the brother and also getting the, the restaurant running. Um, now you got Sydney, uh, who's played by that uh, young uh, Nigerian 
I don't want to pronounce her name again. I might mispronounce it. Ao Adibri. Um, Ao. I'm sorry, Ao. If that's you, I'm doing the best I can. Um, anyway, uh, she's really a very interesting character um, because she, from what I can see, is is Gen Z. I mean, she's around my daughter's age. So um, I, I kind of know, and she's a mystery so far. I mean, she comes in, she really knows the business. She really has has the big overview of what he wants. And she shares that ideology with him. But then you see one, one night, uh, you see her at home and she's got like a, a little girl's bed and a, she's got uh, movie posters that you'd see on a child's bed. It's really weird actually. Um, because she, she's probably in her late 20s. I think her character might be mid to late 20s. I don't really know. They haven't heard a, an age yet. But when she goes in there, she's all business. And she's actually trying to teach him some things. And he is certainly teaching everyone there some things. Um, but at night, she just goes into, and she lives with her parents, uh, which would make you kind of dismiss her as being a lightweight. You know, she's in her late 20s, and she's still living with her parents. I mean, I wasn't with my... Uh, my parents, geez, I, I was long gone. I think, I'm not sure I was in my, and in all my 20s. But anyway, the point is, then you get it to some, some idea, some clue that maybe she um, had some bad luck. I think I, that there was a catering business. It's not been really clear, but you get an idea that maybe she actually um, took a chance and uh, had to take a step back. Um, and I think we've all done that. I mean, I, I know there was a time after my first divorce and I had to, uh, for a time, um, you know, go go back and, and stay in my parents' attic for a couple of months. So, you know, you do have to do what you have to do to survive. Um, so I'm thinking that might be what she's gone. Maybe they kept her room that way for sentimental reasons. But what I really like about this is getting back to the challenges of surviving the day. When I was, a, this is one of those tangents I'm known for. When I was growing up um, back in the 70s, I used to love watching the uh, fights, um, you know, uh, uh, Ali and Frazier and Norton for those guys uh, who are old enough like me to remember those those days. And uh, they always seemed to go um, 15 rounds, unless Foreman was involved. Foreman, <laughs> I don't think Foreman in his younger days, they weren't, they weren't much, um, I remember any, I know in his later days, they, they went a uh, distance when they were 12 rounds. But I'd have to think real long and hard. I think he might have actually been taken the distance by Jimmy Young, but I'm, I'm going off on a tangent again. Um, but my point was, what really was fascinating to me watching these fights um, was the first few rounds, obviously, where there's a feeling out process. But then the later rounds, which they don't have 15 anymore. They, they stopped uh, They stopped after 12 now due to the uh, um, the death of Dooku Kim, I guess is what they, they did. They decided, because uh, I think he died in later rounds, they would cut off three rounds so it would be less dangerous. I, I, I don't know if it makes a difference. But the point I'm trying to get to is um, when you watch these guys come out and, uh, you know, the 13th, the 14th, the 15th round, when they can barely um, stand and they've given it all they got, and not only that, but they've been beaten on beat these monstrously huge, strong guys for you know, 15 rounds and what they have to go out there, that separates the boys from the men. And in this show, I kind of see that kind of wariness where people just stop and have to take a breath because it's one of those days where just you swear that no one's ever suffered like this before. Everything's going wrong and 
And somehow you just got to pull it all together. You got to finish the round. Um, and that's maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's kind of what, what I saw from this. And I thought that was um, pretty uh, symbolic. It's just a way of, you know, how are we going to get through the day, let alone how are we going to get through the week, maybe next month. Um, it can be, it can be a, a, a task. And I think that's the point is these people are each going through, um, to the language. I think they're all going through their shit, but come, uh, you know, the morning, they've all got to put a smile in and go in and make things happen and hope that, you know, life doesn't throw them another, uh, you know, curveball. So, um, trying to think what else I want to mention about this. I know, I know it's, um, it's, it's done by, oh, want to say, uh, God, his name's Chris Storr something, is the um, writer and he's director. Um, he, I think the only thing that I saw of, of his and that was of notice, I guess he did a, a, a show called Raimi, which has been on for a few years and it got pretty good reviews. I've not seen it myself. Um, but no, he, um, I've got to tell you, for somebody, I expected to see the, the, the creator and director and actually, he write he writes it too. I thought that um, he would have a long uh, resume um, of of this stuff working his way up. But actually, he looks pretty young, and um, and I didn't really see a huge backlog. He obviously had some experience, no doubt. But uh, I'm pretty impressed with uh, with with this show for somebody who you know hasn't been around for a, for a, an exceedingly long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was, uh, it's, it's pretty clever. So that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, oh, they call it a comedy, by the way. Um, I don't know if it's a comedy. There's certainly funny parts, but thank God there's no laugh track. Uh, keep the laugh track away from me if we can. Um, but there's a lot of drama. I'm not so sure I would call it a comedy. I would call it a drama. And there are some things that are humorous in it. Um, but um, but yeah, no, and, and I got to tell you, if I've got to give this a scale, I'm still working on kind of a scale to give. On a scale of one to 10, though, I would have to give this a nine. However, I've only seen five episodes. So I might come back next week or next month and, and, and bring it down a little bit. But for, um, you know, the, for the first five episodes of something I did not want to watch, wasn't looking forward to. It's about as pleasant a surprise um, as I've uh, as I've gotten recently. So um, so yeah. Um, so if, if you have any thoughts about it, or you think I'm wrong about something, if you think uh, you know I'm completely off base, let me know. If uh, if you agree with me, let me know. Um, and uh, you know if you like it, uh, like, subscribe, share, um, and uh, I hope. Uh, I hope this was good for you too. And I'll talk to you later. This is uh, Nick Henry, your gray man, signing off.